And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. We are coming at you from the great state of Texas. Texas! I am your host, Abe W. Varilla, and right next to me is my new psychic, uh, Joey Velasquez. And as always, we have the president right next to me, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? Hello, guys. Uh, oh, man. Yes. Yeah. So, hey, this is actually the first time that we are doing this uh, without Julio. We're a little out of sync there. <laughs> we're a yeah. little, we're we'll, a little, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into the program today. Today, we have a great podcast for you this week. On the program today, we have Catherine Forster, author of the book Transformed by Truth, Why and How to Study the Bible for Yourself as a Teen by Crossway hmm. Publishing. So this is a pretty interesting topic that uh, uh, we'll be talking about today in the perspective of a teen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. She was a teen when she wrote the book. Yeah, and she's still so. a teen, I guess, right? Because okay. I she... think she's 19. Okay. Which that would be considered a teen still. Yeah, sure. But, uh, so hopefully she hasn't turned 20 yet. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what's going on, guys? What's new? Not a whole lot. We're just... Uh, we're, we're we're figuring out how we're going to do life without Julio here. <laughs> yeah, that bum. How we're going to do podcasts. <laughs> if you're listening, Julio, man, thanks a lot, bro. <laughs> no, we uh, we we love Julio. Demas has left the building. <laughs> Demas, Demas has left. Sorry, the... I had to go there. Yeah, that's that's just, awesome. Just joking. <laughs> he he'll he'll laugh when he listens to this because uh, he was mad at me when I was playing around with him when I to- when I called him Demas and he was just like I was mad at you for two days. I was like, really? I didn't even know, man. I was playing around. <laughs> But uh, no, uh, yeah, we uh, we're gonna miss uh, Julio, and he will be coming on, you know, periodically. But uh, uh, again, I have moved from the co-hosting to the hosting, and uh, uh, Joey and doing a bang-up job, by the way. <laughs> uh, just pray for me, guys, that I don't mess this up. Uh, thank you for listening to us, and uh, please pray for Joey as well, as he's yep. he's doing this for the first time, uh, being a, a co-host. And yes, and uh, again, this is all for God's glory. This is not my podcast or Julio's podcast or Joey's podcast, Steve. This is all for us to learn, grow together, and bring on these great authors uh, to talk about these subjects that mm-hmm. people are asking questions about and, and, and just great topics. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, Let's it's going it. to be good. Yeah. So, again, guys, if you guys have not subscribed, please subscribe to uh, Bridge. Uh, and you can find us also on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. Uh, so please sign up and, and download the app if you haven't yet. Please download the app. Yes, yeah, down- I made a whole commercial on it. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. Yeah. So uh, uh, Joey does our uh, social media stuff now. So just watch out for his talents on there. So that guy you see walking down the stairs on the uh, <laughs> on the for the uh, video for the advertisement for the app. That's Joey. By the way, yes, yeah, he likes to insert himself in the videos. I'm so. the short dude walking around. <laughs> You're the short dude walking around. <laughs> well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, why don't we get this uh, show kicked off? Let's, let's roll. Let's do it. Catherine Forster served as lead writer and managing editor for TheRevolution.com. She has an online platform that reaches hundreds of thousands of Christian teens, parents, and youth workers. 
She is a spotlight member of the Young Writers Workshop and a National Bible Bee Champion. Welcome to Bridge Radio, Catherine Forcer, for the first time. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Ah, uh, well, we're super excited to have you. Uh, you know, we are. When we were, uh, I've been actually reading your book with my wife, and uh, and uh, Steve and I here were just talking and Joey about your book, and we're just super excited. The one thing that really popped out mm-hmm. to me that you are a Bible B champion. <laughs> I think you should share it to our listeners. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah, so the Bible B is a competition that runs every year for kids and teens ages 7 through 18. And I participated from 2009 when it began through 2017 when I aged out. And every year, the contestants will memorize um, up to several hundred verses for the national level of the competition and study one or two books of the Bible really in depth, the inductive study method. Mm. And you, you learn a whole lot through it. Fantastic experience. I definitely recommend it. I think the the host registration for the summer period of the study, which is a little bit more laid back than the national level, is probably open right now. But yeah, I memorized probably upwards of a couple thousand verses at various times through the competition and studied several books of the Bible. Wow. So it it was a unique opportunity to learn a lot about the scripture that I probably would never have done otherwise, especially still in middle school, high school. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I know that you talk, you touch on touch a little bit on that in your book. So, uh, Catherine, what led you to write this book transformed by truth? Yeah, well, in, in the Bible, be like I said, I got the opportunity to do a lot of in-depth Bible study and memorize a lot of verses. So I was spending a great deal of time just interacting with the Word of God and absorbing it almost. And that taught me to love God and to enjoy spending time with Him in a way that I never really had before. And of course, that's just an ongoing area of growth and I'm still nowhere close to where I want to be on that Mm -hmm. but it was a life-changing experience for me and I realized that a lot of teens it's not just that they don't have that but they're not even being told that it's important or that that's something that is available to them as teenagers you know there's this idea that serious Bible study is for your pastor, it's for your Sunday school teacher, or even maybe your parents, but it's not for a regular teenager, say, in high school. And that maybe the best we can be expected to do is read a little bit every day and spend a few minutes in prayer, and that's the most that can be expected of us. And I really wanted to push back on that because there is so much more that available to us even as teenagers and these are some of the really formative years of our lives so if we can immerse ourselves in god's word and let that shape our thinking and the way we see god and the way we serve him and love him that's going to have a huge effect on the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm out of bible b i'm not putting anywhere near the same level of 
work into Bible study and memorization because that's, that was something unique to when I, it, I was competing. But it still has a huge effect on me and just the way I live everyday life because mm-hmm. it's there. I can't recite most of those passages word for word anymore, but it's there deep down. And when I go through these really rough patches, when I have friends going through really rough spots and everything is incredibly stressful and maybe I literally don't have time because of everything going on to be studying my Bible that day or even reading it that day, those things I've studied and memorized in the past will come up. And I'll remember God's word says this, you know, Mm. he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. So even though crazy things are going on, I don't need to be afraid. And I can share that with my friends as well. So it hmm. it continues to have an effect yeah. years later, years down the road. So what you do as a team with the Word of God, it really matters for the rest of your life. Now, Catherine, can you just share with our listeners how old you were when you first wrote this book? It hasn't been too long, and I, and we forgot to mention that in the beginning, but can you just let, let our audience know how old you were when you were, uh, wrote Transformed by Truth? I was 18 when I was actually writing it. Okay. I was 19, I think, when it published. Okay. Gotcha. And, and how old are you now, if you don't mind sharing with our audience? I'm 20. 20. Okay. So this so, is. So, yeah, it's not it, been that it, long. It hasn't been that long. I think it's really interesting, Catherine, that uh, you said uh, something along the lines of um, when you really got into God's Word and started really studying it and uh, spending time in it, that you fell in love with it. And um, I think maybe that's something that we overlook in that, you know, we don't spend as much time in the Word because it's not as exciting to us or we don't love it as much as we, we wish we did or we, we know we, we should. But maybe there's something to um, what you said re- with regards to the more time that we spend in God's Word, um, the more that we fall in love with it and you know, appreciate it for what it is um, and, and who, get, who gave it to us, who the ultimate author is. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well... As as a kid, and even for a few years when I was doing Bible Beat, it honestly was pretty boring to me. Uh-huh. I think I talk about that in the book a little bit. Yeah, like I was only reading my Bible or studying it because I had to, whether that was my parents told me to or it was a competition. Sure. And it took a a good deal of time for what I was learning, just because I had to or for really selfish reasons, for that to sink in and become something I really loved. Mm. But it's, I mean, it's like with getting to know a person, a friend, the more time you spend with them, the better you get to know them, and then the more you enjoy being with them. Yeah. I think that's a really good lesson for us, that uh, we need to get through that hard period, you know, of just sometimes slogging through, you know, the scriptures mm-hmm. and uh, trusting that God is going to uh, give us that love for scripture that, um, you know, maybe we don't have at the moment, but uh, we, uh, we, we desire. And uh, so I, I think it's, yeah. just, it's just good discipline for us to, to spend the effort 
to spend the time getting into his word and uh, trust him that he's going to give us that love, that affection for scripture. Um, you know, the, your, your book is, although it was meant for teens, uh, originally it, it's actually applicable for people of all different you know different types of ages and um but a question i had was what do you think are some of the challenges that teenagers specifically face that affect their study of the bible well a big one like i mentioned is just those low expectations mm-hmm. that teens aren't really being told or even expected to put the kind of work into bible study that they're expected to put into things like school or sports or music or even even fun things like video games there's just an expectation that that's not as big of a deal so that's that's one um i think another one is just time and busyness because most teens i know have really really hectic lives because it's not just school it's also working getting a driver's license getting scholarships for college, um, extracurriculars. Your life can just become so filled up that every bit of time you have is assigned to one of these things. And you have to do some rethinking or reevaluating of your schedule in order a lot of times to make the time that you need to study God's word. And that's not to guilt trip people because there are definitely seasons of life where yeah. you literally don't have the time yeah. and that's when that you know what you have studied is going to come back to you and god is maybe even using that time to bring you closer to himself in a different way but a lot of times we do have the time and it just requires really rethinking our schedules and even getting family or friends on board to hold us accountable or to help us um find that time because if if it is your priority then you will often be able to find time for it which you might not otherwise yeah i'm trying to think my think back when i was a teenager uh, Catherine, i i was so just <laughs> occupied with other things and that definitely was not one of them and uh you know i played basketball uh just remembering uh, what I'm going to be doing. So I can totally relate as I'm just thinking uh, of my teenage years. So and yeah. that was, that was your era. Think of what, it, what it's like now. Yeah. Oh with yeah. Technology, <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. I mean, you know, all we have to, to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up in the, uh, in the, in the eighties and nineties. So, so you can just imagine. So, <laughs> and I remember when I was in high school, I, I would literally just go to school. I wasn't interested in school at all. So I'd go to school, I'd come home and I would just sleep mm. and wake up and do mm. anything I wanted. And looking back at it and it's like, if I was a Christian at that time, I had an incredible amount of time to just devote myself to the word. And even now I have a lot of time, but not as much as when I was a teen. And that's something that unfortunately a lot of teens who are raised in a Christian home take for granted. Um, mm. So, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite authors is Michael Whitmer, and he wrote in one of his books uh, with regards to how often we waste our time and other diversions. He said that when our lives lack a point, we fill our lives with pointless things. <laughs> and I think that that mm. is that's so true. You know, how often, how much time do we spend every day on our phone, on Twitter, 
you know, Facebook, social media of some sort, watching television or whatever. And and uh, then we complain that we don't have enough time <laughs> to do the important stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. So, Catherine, um, in your book, you discuss the inductive study method of Bible study. And uh, in it, you give a uh, you give a warning concerning jumping straight to the application portion of of the inductive study method. Could you give us, first of all, an overview of what the inductive study method is and then talk about uh, your warning uh, with regards to jumping straight to application? Um, Can you tell us tell us what that's about, please? Yeah, so the inductive study method, it sounds fancy. It's really not. It's built on these three ideas of observation, interpretation, application, which is basically just asking the question, what does it say? What does it mean? How does this apply to my life? Or how does this change the way I live and think and act? And those first two are really important Mm -hmm. to the third one. So if, you know, if we don't know what the Bible says, how can we figure out what it means? And if we don't know what it means, we're not going to apply it correctly. Mm. And that's a good part of the reason why it's dangerous to jump first to that application. Because if you if you put the work into uh, working through what the text is saying and what it means, and sometimes that's hard work. Yeah. And you have to go to commentaries and word studies and cross-references and other things to discover what does this mean. But if you jump straight to application, you're, you're going to lose that and very easily misapply. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, the one that jumps to mind is Jeremiah 29, 11, which mm. is often quoted very out of context. Yeah. Of, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. And that's a really beautiful promise, but that's God, Yahweh, speaking to his people, Israel. Mm-hmm. That's not in this age, and I can't, you know, I can't take that and make it mean that after I graduate, I'll get a great job and make lots of money and never have any problems. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. just obviously not the case for so many faithful Christians but it is a beautiful passage when you interpret it correctly because it shows us so much about God and how he does not forsake his people whom he has made a covenant with and that's the same God that we serve today so if you interpret it accurately it's actually more meaningful than Mm. the application but actually, the deeper reason that I think is dangerous to go straight to application is that we we make it about ourselves then. Because I, and I know I have this tendency even in my own reading and study of Scripture. I want to go straight for either what does this say that can encourage me and bring me some sort of comfort or just uplifting you know, what, what what about this passage can almost make me feel better? And there are some really beautiful promises and encouragements in the Bible, but when you divorce those from the bigger truths about who God is, they become hollow. Mm. And it's the same thing with if you 
go through it and you're just looking for the commands or the exhortations or the what should I do, then it just becomes this gospel of works because, again, it's uh, separated from the bigger story. Because what the Bible is about, it's about God Mm. and the way he deals with his people. And so when you're keeping that in mind and looking at the big picture and how every individual part of it fits into that, it makes both the promises and the encouragements and the commands of scripture a lot more meaningful and puts them in their true context. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking, uh, um, Catherine this morning, we were just talking about that in our uh, systematic theology that uh, Steve uh, has a group with and uh, how easily people nowadays want to just insert themselves in the Bible and we were just then talking about Matt Chandler. I don't know if you've seen that video. It's like, you are not David, you know, <laughs> uh, which is which is hilarious because uh, everybody's like, we, you are Goliath and you, you slay those, you know, and all this other stuff. And yeah. that, that video is pretty famous. But yeah. uh, how, how true is that we just said about, you know, us? Yeah, exactly. I think of the uh, passage in uh, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Him mm. who strengthens me. Yeah, that's you good. know how often has that verse been <laughs> misapplied? You know, um, right? Because uh, we we want to make it about ourselves and doing. I would love to be able to play for the NBA, but that's that's not going to happen. Even you know, even through Christ. So, um, you know, there we we have to go back to the context to the original context and mm-hmm. and see who was talking you know what the situation was about and find out what the authorial intent is you know what did the uh, the author not only the human author but especially god the holy spirit as the author intend for us to understand from that passage and and then in, interpret it that way and then apply it from there so it's a really good really good uh a caution that uh, you give and uh just really appreciate that. Yeah, I can. I can't imagine you in uh, basketball shorts, Steve. Yeah, you Some, don't want to like really scratch baggy your, ones. Scratch yeah. your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. You can. You can play for the NBA. You're tall enough to, to shoot a hoop. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one thing I wanted to add to that was how, and I'm guilty of this as well, big time. Uh, when we read scripture, a lot of the times we go into it like you said, hoping to get some kind of comfort out of it, hoping to get strengthened by it. And that's great because that's what scripture does. But yeah. if that's if that's our only motivation, and I've said it before, then it's, you know, we're loving the gifts more than the giver. Mm. And when we make it about knowing God and, and drawing nearer to him, everything else will follow. And that's so important for everyone to understand because, and I've experienced this myself, that when God doesn't, when God withholds certain gifts from you or when you don't get that comfort and when you don't have that assurance, what are you going to do? Well, our comfort is mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ and what he reveals about himself, not what he can give me. Yeah. So. Well said. Yeah, Sidekick. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Catherine, um, what effects did your parents have in your growth in uh, studying the Bible? Oh, they were, I mean... They're a huge part of it, pretty much invaluable. Because I grew, I grew up. First of all, Bible study was a part of our family life. Mm. You know, we would do it for family devotions in the evening, 
my brothers and I were homeschooled, so my mom would incorporate that into the curriculum. But also, I saw my parents doing it. I would know that they both had their own studies that they would be doing with people from their church or friends or other programs. And some of my earliest memories are being in the child care at a church near us while my mom was at a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that they did that, and I saw very clearly through their actions, not just their words, that they mm-hmm. took it seriously, mm-hmm. and that it had an effect, a real effect on the way that they lived and the way that they thought. And so and that was what even put it on my radar, that this is something important. I don't know where I would be without that. I mean, they were the ones who told me about Bible being in the first place and gave me the idea to do it. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Uh, you know, that's something that I know that here at Bridge, uh, um, uh, Steve's uh, wife, Leanne, they do a lot of stuff with little children, and they also do stuff for uh, parents as well, just kind of, in, in counseling and, and what that looks like, especially with new believers that come to Christ and just setting the example for children. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking of just my dad as well, uh, just growing up where he was sitting at the table uh, and just reading his Bible, you know, mm-hmm. after work, uh, mm-hmm. everything's shut off and, you know, in our, in our little apartment in, in Chicago and just sitting there for several hours, just, just reading the Bible. Yeah. And I don't think we, we, uh, emphasize the importance of example enough sometimes mm, yeah. you know my i can say the same thing with with my growing up years um my parents were christians as well and i remember my dad every morning you know getting up and spending that time in solitary devotion but then in the evening we would always have devotions together as a family you know and we've just continued to do that with our family as well and so just uh, setting that dev- that uh, that example and discipling and mentoring people it's a uh, it's an important role for us um, to, to yeah. take, and we shouldn't mim- minimize the importance of that example. Y- yeah, I mean, so true, so true, and just thinking about those things. Now, uh, another question I wanted to ask you is, um, what would you tell parents in a good way to encourage their teenagers to study the Bible? Well, a lot of it is that example. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bible study is, obviously it's just as important for adults and it's it's one thing to tell your kids this is important but it's a whole other thing to show them through example that you really believe that it's important and that it's changing the way you live and the way you think and even the way that you relate to them so that's a big one and also I think studying it together with them, and that can look really different. Like maybe Hmm. you don't have a family devotion in the evening, or maybe you do, but you can also just do a one-on-one study with with your teen. Or even when I was in Bible B, my dad and I weren't really studying the same passages, but we were studying similar passages. You know, we're... Like I would be in First John and he would be in John or something like that. And we would sit down and discuss because I would see him doing his study at the table. And then we would get to talking about 
what we were both separately studying and how those would go together and those different truths would complement each other and help each passage help interpret the other. Hmm. And that was a big part of my growth. Those are good memories that I look back on. So even just doing it together in some way, I think can be very powerful and very helpful. Nice. And, and, and what would you tell um, a teen whose parents make the effort to read to them and, and or read with them and have these, you know, family Bible studies, but they're not really, I guess they're discouraged maybe from studying or they're not interested. What would like, what, what would be your advice for someone that's like maybe like 13, 14, 15, 16 years old and, oh, yeah. you know, they're raised in a Christian home, but they're not really, you know, they, they've taken it for granted and they don't feel like really doing that with their family. What would you, what would be your advice for them? Well, yeah, first of all, I've been there. I, I remember feeling like that. I would, my first advice would be to stick with it and, you know, keep paying attention, keep working at it, even if you don't feel like you want to, because it is like we talked about, it's something that you sometimes have to learn to love, but it feels like just boring work at first. And it takes some time and it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to Mm. really grow that love in your heart. Mm. And I would also say, enjoy it while you can because you know there comes a point where that won't be the case anymore and you you'll you know move out and have to learn to uh, pursue Christ on your own without necessarily that level of guidance from your parents you have to make your own schedule and decide for yourself that you're going to get up early in the morning or set aside an hour in the middle of the day or after dinner to read your Bible, to do Bible studies, pray. So I would say enjoy that and learn from it and don't be discouraged if it doesn't feel like something you want to do right now hmm. because that that might just be coming. Yeah, this is the, sometimes it's just the discipline. It's the hard part of of yeah. getting through it and trusting that uh, the uh, the payoff is going to come later. So that's it's really yeah. good advice. Yeah. So Catherine, uh, talk a little bit about what your desire is, what your prayer is for how your book will help teens who are trying to figure out God's will for their lives, especially as they look to college, career, who to date or who to marry. What's your uh, what's your hope for uh, how how your book will be used in that capacity? Well, I mean, it's definitely not uh, a guidebook for a life in that sense of learning sure. how to uh, pick pick a spouse or pick a college. And to some extent, honestly, the Bible isn't either because mm. you can't open up the Bible and say, should I date this person <laughs> and find a verse that says, yes, you should date this person <laughs> or no, you shouldn't. Right. So... I don't think that's how the Bible is supposed to work. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I I believe that what we're supposed to 
learn from the Bible is that God's will for us is ultimately that we become more like Christ. Mm. And that's what Bible study is going to do, is that as we see him more clearly and we grow to love him more and as we're uh, in as we're in fellowship with him through prayer and meditation on his word and the other spiritual disciplines, he's making us more like Christ. Mm. And it's as we're following him, I think he gives us the answers to those other questions. And he doesn't necessarily do that for everyone in the same way. Sometimes that guidance comes through just the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, helping you to understand which choice is the wisest. Sometimes it's something outward, you know, a door opens or closes, or sometimes it's your parents' decisions or the decisions of other people with authority over you. And what Bible study and the work of the Holy Spirit, and the transformative nature of Bible study, I mean, what that does in those situations is help you to submit to God's guidance and leading Mm. and help you gain the wisdom in following God to make the right decisions where that's necessary. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's a really good point. I think the more time that we spend in the word, the more our minds are renewed to be like Christ. I don't know. I don't remember who I, who I heard it from or read it, but, uh, I once, uh, heard that, uh, guidance is largely consecrated and sanctified thinking. And that just mm-hmm. stuck with me because I think that the more that we spend time with God in his word, meditating on his word, spending time with him in prayer, the more he transforms us, what transforms our thinking to be like his. And so when we have those decisions to make with regards to, you know, who to date, whether or not to date a person, what college to go to, um, you know, God guides us naturally not necessarily through writing in the sky, but just through sanctifying our thinking so that our desires become what he wills for us. And uh, so I think it's just your emphasis on, on focusing on the word first and then allowing God to guide us through his spirit um, that way is, is really good advice. Yeah, I really like that you said just submitting to, to Christ. Um, I think that's something very difficult to do uh for a teenager mm-hmm. um and you know i'm just i'm thinking about all the fights i used to have with my my parents as a teenager and try to submit to them yeah. you know uh, and how important that is now as an adult you know um you know submitting to to one another um and submitting to christ and his truth uh i mean and how that just completely changes us when we humble ourselves to his truth and obey. Yeah. And and although the Bible isn't like a a little guide to tell us what college to go to, who to date or anything, one thing we can be sure of is it'll, it'll lead us to always seek to glorify God in the decisions that we make. So that's very comforting to know that whether I choose to go to this college or that college or marry this person, that I'm seeking God's glory and not my own. Cause whenever I seek Mm. my own glory, that's when it really goes bad. Yeah. But when we seek God's glory, it never does. So, so Joey is not going to open up this Bible and say, all right, let's see what verse is going to land on today. Because, <laughs> again, it goes back to what you said. We make it about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, Catherine, as uh, we're about to land this plane, um, 
we always ask uh, our guests and authors to uh, share the gospel with our listeners uh, because mm. that's, I know, how they come to salvation. If they don't hear the word, how would they know? Mm-hmm. So, well, I think one of, one of the things that I spent a lot of time on in the book is that the Bible is a story, and it's the story of really all of history and reality, including right now. So you really have to go back to the beginning, that you have a holy, perfect God, Mm. an all-powerful creator who created this world and us, and he created us to have fellowship with him and to have that unity and harmony with our creator, which is just the best thing that we can have. And humanity rejected him, and we tried to set ourselves up on the throne, which is evil and puts us in a position of guilt before God and deserving of his wrath because he's perfect, which means he's just, and evil has to be punished, Mm. and he will punish evil. But instead of just dumping all that righteous judgment on us, He sent Jesus Christ, who is the uh, second person of the Trinity, because God is one being but three persons, to become a human, one of us, and live a perfect, sinless life, obeying all of God's laws that we never have and can't at this point, and then to die the death that we deserve and to take all of that wrath and judgment on himself but then he he rose again he was came back to life on the third day and that vindicated him as the perfect sacrifice and that god accepted his sacrifice on our behalf so that when we trust him for that then we we get that righteousness credited to us so that when god looks at us he sees jesus christ perfection instead of our own sinfulness and uh, when when Jesus comes back because he is coming back mm-hmm. he's going to set up his kingdom on this earth and we're going to be made new everything's going to be made new and we'll have new resurrected bodies yeah. and we will be able to live in that perfect harmony and unity with him forever yeah amen yeah, I, I'm looking forward to having an eight-pack in the new heaven and new earth because <laughs> I'm a little chubby and fat right now. So, But, Catherine, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show today. Um, where can people find you and find your book, Transform by Truth, Why and How to Study the Bible for Yourself as a Teen? If you can just please let our audio, audience know. If you want to be found, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well... Um... If you go on Amazon, uh, you can search Transformed by Truth and it'll pop up. Mm. Um, you can also go to Crossway, that's my publisher. Just go to their website mm. and search Transformed by Truth and it'll come up on there. Uh, you can also go to The Revolution and just search, yeah, search the title of the book and you can see some articles and things on it. Um, probably find my bio somewhere in there. Uh, are you on any uh, social media platforms at all? 
yes, I have Facebook, Instagram, I have Twitter. I don't like Twitter. I'm not very active there. Oh, that's where but, all the yeah. action is, um, though. <laughs> oh, goodness. I try and stay out of that. Yeah. No, yeah Facebook that thing... and Instagram are the best bets. No, that's, that is awesome. Um, yeah, and you can get it here at Bridge as well. Um, so please for, um, yeah. Uh, so we have your book here, uh, again, and if, uh, any of our worldwide audience is listening and can't find a book, please, uh, email here at, uh, bridge and we'll send you a copy, uh, out to you, uh, at no cost. And, uh, Catherine, thank you again, uh, for coming on the show today and hopefully we can have you on in the future um is it true that uh that you write for have written articles for uh, desiring god and the gospel coalition i think i saw you yeah okay that I was, was, i've I, had a couple on there okay i i saw i was like oh that's pretty cool so so thank you again for coming on and uh hope you can come back uh in the future and uh we yeah. can do another podcast together thanks thank so you much so Catherine. Much for having me thank i enjoyed you. it a lot Awesome. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our episode for this week. What did you guys think about that episode with Catherine Forrester? That was really cool. I'm glad we had her on. I, I love the uh, enthusiasm that she has for the word and uh, her, uh, her outline of how to study the Bible. I just encourage anybody who's got a teen in the house to uh, check out the book. Yeah, I mean, that was just great. I mean, I think it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it encourages me to really dive into the the word daily now. I mean, she's younger than me, and that's kind of like convicting. Yeah, yes, (laughs) and extremely smart. Yeah. Well, uh, like we like to end our uh, show, uh, but before we do, uh, please make sure that you subscribe at Bridge Radio. Uh, Again, if you need to get this book, you know, you can uh, email us here and we'll be more than happy to ship it out to you worldwide. Uh, or if you have any questions or if you guys have any ideas on future podcasts that or topics that you want to uh, hear, please let us know. Uh, you guys know where to find us. And again, how do we end the show? What is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faith? faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Bye-bye. Later.